Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. I wasn't supposed to be here. I was supposed to be in New Zealand with Marta uh, for two weeks, uh, but uh, we were turned away from the airport. <laughs> Uh, because my, there was an issue with my passport, and uh, it was an incredibly discouraging experience a week ago. I was supposed to be uh, you know, getting ready for, for summer in New Zealand, it's the other part of the globe, uh, for a pastor's conference and a pastor's retreat, and we were supposed to preach total six times in two weeks in New Zealand. But I guess God had different plans. Uh, or it was my negligence, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I'm here. We are here and uh, we love it. And this is, this is the, the best place on planet uh, tonight. Uh, yeah, so I love the series that we just started this last Sunday. Uh, we is bigger than me. And this is very true. If you are married, how many of you guys are married? Come on, there's some courageous hands here. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about, yeah? We is bigger than me. But even if you're not married, you may be single, you may be separated, you may be divorced, or whatever your story is. Together, we is bigger than solo me. And God's plan has always been Plural. God's plan has always been community. God's plan has always been living in relationships. You know, one of the first things that God said to man was, it is not a good thing for a man to be alone. And yes, it is true for marriage, but it's true for every person. We were created, we were designed, we were made for relationships, for connection, for community. Can you say amen to that? We were made to travel together. We were made to journey together. We are a community of believers that are on a journey to follow Jesus, not alone, but together. That is true discipleship. You know, in this church, we often say that significant ministry flows out of significant relationships. Significant ministry, can we say this together? Significant ministry flows out of significant relationships. And you know, that doesn't happen in one week. As we come together, as we journey together, as we spend time together, as we pray together, as we build the house of God together, something happens in us. There is a togetherness that is created in us. You know, together, our relational network is like the fishing net. You know, we have a mission to be the fishermen, yeah? The fishers of men. That is our mission. That is our mandate. And together, we are the fishing net. If we believe that we want to win the city, we need to have a good net. We need to have a good network of relationship, a good relational network. And that is what we are talking about. One day Jesus was 
uh, calling the disciples and he saw some of them fixing or mending their fishing nets. And that was as important as throwing their nets to the lake and catching the fish. And uh, it, actually the Greek word for mending their nets is katartizo, which is the same word as, as we would use in the name of our church, equipping. They were equipping their nets. They were mending their nets. They were fixing their nets. You know, the fact that we are called equippers actually includes the idea of, of, of uh, God equipping us and us equipping you to have a proper net so we could be a good fishing net together, a good relational network together so we could win this city for Jesus. Somebody should get excited about this. There's like three people. By the end of the message, it's going to be all of us, right? So uh, my part in this series is uh, rather a difficult one. And the title of this message, of my message tonight is, I'm going to talk about offenses tonight. And the title of the message is, no offense, but. <laughs> How many of you heard this phrase? Hey, no offense, but. Can you say this with me? No, don't say that to me. Say it with me and look at somebody next to you. Like, hey, bro, hey, bro no offense, but. No, no offense, but. All right? No offense, but. So um, let, let, me, let me say this right in the beginning. What I'm going to say tonight may actually offend you. So I hope you're going to like me after this message. Can you promise you will love me after? You don't have to like him, but you have to love me after this message. <laughs> I'm actually risking that some of you will get offended by this message. Uh, anyway, the Greek word for offenses is scandalon. It is the same word that we have the word scandal from. And it's the same word that could be translated as a trap, a snare, or a, stumble, a stumbling block. Okay, so... The offense is basically the trap or a trap of the enemy to cause us stumble. To cause us, you know, get stuck in one place. It is a trap. It is a landmine that destroys relationships. Um, many of you would know uh, John Bevere, a famous uh, speaker. And he actually calls it the bait of Satan, the bait of Satan. So offenses are um, something that opens the door to an endless cycle of hurts, wounds, bitterness, and un unforgiveness. And the enemy actually is using that as a trap so we don't move on from there, we get stuck. And you know, sadly, this is oftentimes something that goes from one generation to the next. And we have seen this affect generations in families, in uh, churches, in cultures, even in nations. There are offended cultures, there are offended families, there are offended cities and even nations for generation after generation. Um, there is a scripture in Proverbs 18 that says, a brother who has been insulted or who has an offense, is harder to win back than a walled city. 
right? So if, if somebody gets offended, it's actually incredibly difficult to actually win that person over. And offense is like a lock on the prison door. And the good news is you can unlock it. All right? And I'm going to teach you tonight how to unlock that door. Um, there is um, something I often say. There's two things you, you cannot do alone. Marriage and church. All right? I mean... We can, I mean, we had the pandemic, we went through lockdowns, and we had to be stuck in our living rooms and taking communion in our living rooms, right? But hey, we are called to do this together. Now, before I actually teach on the offense, let me give you five facts on relationships. So I hope you are ready for this. Five facts on relationships really quick before I actually teach about offenses. Um, the first one is relationships are inevitable. Uh, unavoidable. Uh, we, we, we don't have a second option. We were created for that, especially in the church. We are, we're called to be the body of Christ or the family of God. So that is the first one. Can you say this with me? Relationships are inevitable. All right. Number two, relationships are fragile. We have to take care of relationships. We are vulnerable beings. I can get hurt easily. And I can especially get hurt by the person that I love the most, right? And I open my heart to the most. We found this out very shortly after we got married. Hallelujah. And actually, our first year, I say that in all pre-marriage seminars, our first year was the most difficult year of our marriage. We've been married now for 25 years. And that's... He who finds a wife finds a good thing. That's what the Bible says. Praise hallelujah. Uh, and uh, I say that we, I, we love, by the way, we love doing weddings. Like we've done probably more than 200 weddings with, uh, with, with so many pre-married sessions. And we always say this, uh, uh, that, you know, as, as you open your innermost being, you know, the, the deepest parts of the soul, that's when you are actually the most vulnerable, right, to, to the person. I don't care if uh, somebody on the other end of this nation or this city or this planet hurts me. I don't care. But if I'm hurt by the person that I love the most or I love deeply or I'm devoted to, that hurts really badly. So uh, strive to open up. Uh, and uh, if you get hurt... Forgive and strive to open up again. All right? So first one, the relationships are inevitable. The second one, relationships are fragile. Number three, relationships are a blessing. All right? Can you say this with me? Use all of your faith. Relationships are a blessing. Yes. People are God's gift. People are God's gift. They are God's gift to you. They are a blessing to you. The fact that you have friends, the fact that you have a community, the fact that you have a church, that you have a small group, it's a blessing. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 68 that he places the lonely in families. It's a blessing to have uh, relationships. God is uh, a, a restorer. He is a father. He is the maker of relationships. Here's number four. Relationships are under attack. 
Relationships are under attack. You know, the, the enemy, Satan, he is, um, he is a scatterer. One of the words for the devil in the Bible is diabolos, the devil, which means the scatterer. Someone who wants to scatter people. Uh, it, the, the relationships have always been a target for the enemy. From the first pages of the Bible, you would imagine, you would remember that Adam and Eve, they had two sons, right, in the beginning, Cain and Abel. And we see the first brothers actually being under heavy attack on the relationships. And Cain ends up killing his brother Abel. Now, see, this is always the target for the enemy because why? If, if he can destroy the unity, if he can destroy the connection, if he can destroy the net, he won. So, relationships are under attack. And number five, relationships are a skill. Say this with me. Relationships are a skill, okay? In other words, you can learn it. You can learn how to relate. You can learn how to function in a body of believers, in a family, in a marriage. You can learn. And the good thing is, we are your lab. Sorry for that. We are your lab. And you can learn relationships uh, in, in church. This is a great place. So, uh, guys, uh, as we go through this series, I believe that God wants you to be more relational, more open in relationships and growing in relationships. He wants to heal your wounds from previous relationships so you can prosper, you can flourish, you can overflow with the life of God that's in you for the future. Amen. Can I give Jesus some praise? Now we need to understand that we all have different temperaments. There are some people that are incredibly relational, outgoing, expressive, and some are kind of more introverted people. We all have different temper. We, all, we also have different pasts. You know, don't take it for granted that the person who you're talking to that, you know, he had an easy past, you may often find that his past is very different from yours. We all have different wounds as well. We went through different set of stuff in our past. The good thing is that Jesus is redeemer of our past. That it takes time, right? And we are in this lab together. And we all have different expectations. We come with all of that to church and, so, and, and, and bring that with us into this family of God. Different temperaments, different past, different hurts, different expectations. We also respond differently to conflict and to unpleasant experiences. All of us respond differently to unpleasant stuff. Some people, you know, they will give you the smile, you know, like. The killing smile, you know. Some people will run off. Some people will slap you, right? We all respond differently to unpleasant experience. And we all are more sensitive about us than about others. It's called the ego. And I'm sure you all have experienced uh, the offended brother. Uh, it looks like, you know, somebody cannot look into your eyes. Or someone avoids meeting you. Or someone turns away. Or someone fires back. You know what I'm talking about. Or someone snaps. 
I call it the principle of a burnt hand. Imagine just before coming to church, uh, you want to iron your shirt. You do that, right? No. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, so you want to iron your shirt and you burn your hand as you do that. And you come to church and this greeter at the door, what does he do? He squeezes your hand that you had just burnt. And you snap and you explode. Why? Because he touched your sensitive spot. This is how offenses are uh, created. Here we go. Five questions about offenses. The first one, what is an offense? I'm glad you asked. Here is my definition. Uh, an offense is your reaction to a person or a situation that touched your sensitive spot or unfulfilled expectation. All right. Uh, the offense is when uh, a person or a situation touches your sensitive spot and you react to that. And you know, this reaction is either uh, based on some old wound in your soul or basically just on your sinful nature, your old nature, the old man in you, all right? Now, uh, I'm going to make a personal confession right now. I have managed to offend many people. Maybe you too. <laughs> I've managed to offend many people. I never do it on purpose. It just somehow happens. I honest, I never do it on purpose. But it often happens. Being a leader includes this thing. You know, they often say if you want to make people happy, don't be a leader. Sell ice cream. Because <laughs> a leader sometimes doesn't make people happy and can actually offend someone. So it, I want to say this very clearly as a pastor. If I do offend you, I apologize. I love you deeply. Now, um, sometimes I didn't say hello to people and they got offended. I'm serious. Sometimes I didn't uh, uh, give a hug to someone or didn't shake hands and they got offended. Someone, I didn't give the mic to somebody and they got offended. Uh, I didn't smile at someone and they got offended. Um, I never killed anyone, but I managed to offend some people. Now, church is a great place for offenses. <laughs> See, we somehow think that the others must be angels and they are not. We come to this environment thinking that the others will love me, they will like me, and they are angels, and they had the best week of their lives, right? Just nod. And they are not. And this maybe was not the best week of their life. Um, I have seen people in church get offended over air conditioning. I have seen them get offended over the color of the carpet. And here's a big one. I've seen them get offended over the volume of music. Come on. And the style of music. Have you been there? See, and the, the worst thing is that the offense is often used for manipulation. If you don't do this, do this I will get offended. Have you heard it? 
if, if you do this or if you don't do that, I'm going to get offended. Or this offends me. Yeah. So here is some bad news. Tonight you're going to hear some bad news. You're going to also hear some good news. Here is the bad news. The offense always reveals more about you than about the others. That hurts, yeah? The offense will always reveal more something that's in you than what's in others. And the good news is uh, you alone decide uh, whether you get offended or not. So Jesus says in Luke 17, 1, he says, uh, he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Now, um, uh, this is uh, from an older translation, um, but there is a double negative. It is impossible that no offenses would come. Uh, I know it's late Sunday night, but you, get, you see the grammar there, right? Double negative. Meaning Jesus is like, hey, for sure you will get offended. There's a 100% guarantee you shall get offended. It is impossible that no offenses would come. So let me just, uh, yeah, this is point number one, question number one. What is, what is an offense? It is your reaction to a person or situation that touched your sensitive spot. And you react to that based on an older wound or your sinful nature. Okay, understand? Here's the question number two. Where do offenses grow? What is the soil for the offense? How, how do they actually grow? Now, uh, it's very simple. Offenses grow where the old sinful nature is given room. All right? Offenses will grow in us when uh, the old sinful nature is given room. Now, we all understand that salvation happens, this is a bit theology here, salvation happens, there's like three stages, okay, in the past we were saved, that is what we call justification, Jesus died on the cross and we were saved, yeah, then salvation is also present, we are being saved, we are being transformed and that is what we call sanctification, and then there is the future element of salvation, what we call glorification, when we'll be fully transformed and we shall be like Christ. So right now, we are in the in-between process of what the Bible calls sanctification. We are, we are being changed and our victory is always when we walk by the new nature and the power of the Holy Spirit. When we walk by the old nature, by the power of the sin Offenses are very likely to grow. But let me give you here, let me give you three things that actually push the button. And you all have them. There is a, there is a button on you. The button of offense. Just don't show me the button. You're supposed to laugh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my. Help me, Jesus. All right, there's the button. And there's three things that push the buttons with offenses. Here's number one, believing lies. All right, so the first thing that actually turns the offense on is uh, when you believe a lie. We have, guys and girls, <laughs> we have such an ability to believe fiction. 
Uh, your mind is so creative. Uh, we have the ability to come up with scenarios in our minds. Something that was never said, but you heard it. <laughs> Something that was never expressed, but your mind just started the engine. And your scenario is worth of the latest movie script. You read between the lines. You hear what was never said. You hear what was never meant. Uh, and you make your own assumptions and conclusions. In other words, you believe your own lie. That's how the offenses are made. Point one. Do you want to know the second button? <laughs> All right. Oh, you, you have it there. You're smart, man. You can just skip to the next point. The second button is taking things personally. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, guys, we have this ability to take personally things that are not supposed to be taken personally. And we also have the ability to not take personally things that we should take heat. We should take uh, too hard, right? So when a conversation strikes a sensitive, unhealed spot in you, oh, I take it personally. When a conversation hits something that is itchy, something that hurts, something that is an unhealed space, we have a tendency to take it personally. I have some bad news. It's not all about you. The whole world doesn't talk about you. Did you know that? Oh, sorry. You are not that important. Can you help me preach and tell your neighbor, you're not that important, my friend. You're not that important. You are important. You are very important. But you're not that important, right? And finally, the third button is the unforgiving spirit. See, uh, I believe it takes much more energy to hold the grudge than to forgive. It takes much more energy to hold unforgiveness inside than to forgive. It is so liberating to forgive. It is incredibly freeing to let go. Holding grudges, harboring anger, uh, resentment, bitterness. It takes, it consumes so much energy in us. And the best thing is, you know what's the best thing? The best thing is to forgive in advance. You kind of live the lifestyle. Like you cannot do something that I'm not forgiving. Forgiving in advance. Now this is a good theory, but the practice is actually painful. Uh, and uh, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I see is that when, when, when you go through this process, you get offended, but you forgive. And then you learn to forgive in advance. You, you go to another level, my friend. You grow. You, I mean, God accelerates your growth. You change. You are transformed. If you overcome the offense, when you overcome the offense, you grow. Sometimes we don't grow if we don't get offended. But when we do get offended and we deal with it and we forgive, we move on, you grow. Come on. So here is number three. What are the phases of an offense? 
So let's study this for a little bit. What are the phases of an offense? See, relationships go through phases or through stages. And it's the same uh, with the offense. Relationships are dynamic. And to me, there are three stages of uh, relationships. The first one is what I call the honeymoon stage. I love that. The honeymoon stage. Thank you, Lord. You come to church and you fall in love with the church. How many of you are in the honeymoon stage? <laughs> you fall in love with the church. And you know, Lord, thank you for this church. They're all angels. There is no flesh. There is no sin. There is no um, disappointment. They all smile. I get chocolate. I'm a first-time visitor every Sunday. I get the best treatment. I'm a VIP. Hallelujah. I'm in heaven. (laughs) Here's the second stage. It's called the disillusionment stage. The disappointment stage. You know, when it begins, it starts when you get misunderstood. You get disappointed. You're expecting something and it doesn't happen. You're like, where are all the angels gone? Last week the angels were here. Now they're like demons. I have this uh, friend. He's uh, he's he's a pastor's coach, and he wrote he, he wrote a bad book. He's it's called Leadership Pain. Don't read it. If you want to be a leader, don't read that book. It's going to discourage you from being a Christian leader. He says, 10% of a church are devils. (laughs) Every Sunday, yeah? So there's people that kind of like, they hurt you and they don't smile. They disappoint you. And that's the disillusionment stage. You realize that, oh, wow, this this is not heaven yet. When the honeymoon is over... It's just like in marriage, right? He got married and then he stopped putting the socks away. And she stopped making the coffee in the morning and bring, bring the coffee to the bed, right? By the way, we still do it. Hallelujah. That's the secret to successful marriage. And finally, there's the third stage and I call it the commitment stage. This is when you overcome an offense. You swallow it. You ignore it. You crucify it. You crucify it. And then you build a culture of honor. You build a culture of mutual respect. You build a culture of forgiveness. When you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you decide like, yeah, this is worth dying for. Every day in marriage, every day in church, every Sunday, it's worth dying for. It's worth fighting for. It's worth crucifying my flesh for. You are awfully quiet tonight. So honeymoon stage, disillusionment stage, and commitment stage. Now... Very quickly, I'm going to, my point number four, and we're going to finish with point number five, so I'm almost at the end. 
Point number four, I'm going to show you two types of offenses that are in the Bible, in the New Testament. So you would see I'm not making this up. <laughs> uh, very quickly, the first one is what Jesus calls offending the little ones. Offending the little ones. Now in Matthew 18, verses 6 and 7, you know, he says that if you offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it will be better for you that a milestone, millstone were hanged about your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. That's a harsh word. So basically Jesus is saying, if you offend my little ones, bite the dust. <laughs> uh, so what does it mean? Actually, the word offending here also means causing to stumble, leading to sin or abusing. So this is a, here, here's the explanation. This is a warning, for example, to parents who repel their kids from loving God because of their own lives. If we as parents live a life that actually offends our kids and leads them away from Jesus. Jesus is saying, uh, you're offending them. And uh, you're going to have a problem with me. And the second explanation is uh, leading spiritual babies to sin. When someone gets saved, someone comes to Jesus and other Christians cause him to stumble in his Christian faith. This is what Jesus says here. All right. And, and, and finally, when you let things lead to sin, like the, the scripture that follows after is like, if your hand, your arm, your eye and so on lead you to sin, get rid of it. So that's, when, that, that's the first uh, type of offense that Jesus talks about, uh, offending the little ones. Here is the second type, and it's what Jesus calls offending the religious. Now there's many scriptures for that, but I'm going to take one from 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, where it says that uh, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief corner store, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. It's Jesus himself, right? He is a, um, a stumbling block or an offense. Uh, and the re religious people got offended about Jesus all the time. He would always offend the religious by what he said and what he did. It was incredibly offending. Um, for example, in Matthew 23, he offended the Pharisees, and there is a full chapter. I'm not going to read it because you would think I'm swearing. In Matthew 6, sorry, in John 6, the Bible says that many actually left him because they got offended. And then in uh, Luke 4, Jesus comes to his hometown, and, uh, and, and Jesus is speaking in the synagogue in his own uh, city in his own city and they get offended and they want to stone him they want to kill him they want to throw him from from the from the from the mountain but there is one little story here <clears throat> in Luke 7 John the Baptist is in prison and we know that he will be executed later and so John sends um, his friends to Jesus and he's basically, he basically has the question, he's like, are you really the Messiah? And this is what Jesus responds. 
he says, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. That the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And tell him, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So, friends, uh, basically Jesus is stating two types of offenses. Offending the little ones and offending the religious. And I'm going to go to the final question, number five. How to deal with offenses? We all need to know that, right? How do we deal with offenses? This is incredibly important. Now, we deal with offenses differently depending on which group that is. If, we, uh, if it's the first category, the little ones. Now, if you, if you belong to that category, you are you know, the little one in your faith. Uh, the best way for you to deal with offenses is to grow up. If you get offended, there is a big chance you got offended because you are a little one and you simply need to what? Grow up, preach it to your friend next to you, like, hey, hey, bro, grow up, grow up, grow up. So if we get offended, there is a big chance we need to grow up. If, if we get offended, then there is also a big chance it's because we are in the second group, and that is the religious. And if we are in that group, like the Pharisees, then we don't need to grow up, we need to repent. So that's the second thing we need to do when we get offended. We need to repent. Uh, in other words, everyone who gets offended has an issue. Uh, either he or she is spiritually young, weak, and immature, and does he needs help and care. But that cannot be for 20 years. And needs to grow up. Or has become religious, driven by rules, uh, by, uh, yeah, has become super spiritual or untouchable, unwilling to change. And that is a dangerous spot. So um, here is uh, practical advice. I got three of them. Practical advice. Ready to hear? This is going to help you guys. Here is number one. Ready? Yes. The first practical advice is don't get offended. Please. Uh, that, that, that's the easiest thing, right? If you don't want to uh, deal with the offense, don't get offended in the first place. That's actually a great news. You don't have to get offended. Did you know that? You don't have to get offended. You decide. You do, not, you do not need to defend your ego. You do not need to be grumpy. You don't need to sulk. You do not need to have a long face. You do not need to get offended. That's good news. 
So that's the first advice. Don't get offended. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Don't get offended. Here's the second advice. Don't take things personally. Don't take things personally. I, I always, when I talk about this, I see Jesus on the cross. He's got his hands stretched out. They're spitting on him. They are whipping him. They're even, you know, putting spear inside of him. And his posture is, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Jesus is hanging on the cross, bullet, killed, and he's not taking it personally. Don't take things personally. And here's number three. <laughs> this is biblical. Here's number three. Take out your own plank. So there is the scripture in Matthew 7. It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? In other words, you are like surgical with the problem in your brother and you don't see like this huge issue in your own life. And Jesus is like, hey, look into the mirror, my friend. When was the last time you checked the plank in your own eye? Uh, to be honest, I hate even the slightest idea of somebody touching my eye. <laughs> don't do that. But this, is, this actually carries huge spiritual weight. Before you criticize others, look into the mirror. Good honest feedback. Yeah. Take out your own plank. I wonder if we could all stand as we close this. <clears throat> um. I read about this lady, uh, and by the way, men get as easily offended as women. All right, so this is not a thing on ladies. But I read about this lady. Uh, on the way to church, she tells her neighbor, um, she says, I want you to know that when you die, I will not even go to your funeral, even though I was looking forward to it so much. All right, that's like the extreme case. <laughs> now, uh, my own story. When I was graduating from Bible college many years ago, uh, 28 years ago, our graduation speaker, he was a famous pastor in America, and uh, he made us repeat one sentence, and I'm going to do that to you. He said, uh, he said, uh, people will not be nice to you. People will, people will not be nice to me. Yeah. People will not be nice to me. And uh, we all had to say this <laughs> after him. You know, we were about maybe 100 graduates of this Bible college. And we were like, people will not be nice to me. So, you know, I suffered doing that. I want to make you suffer do that as well. So if you could just like say this with me. 
people will not be nice to me. Yeah. Come on, say this. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> it's a bit of psychology here. People will not be nice to me. Come on, say this, say this. People will not be nice to me. And then he says, do you know why? Because they're like you. Because <laughs> they're like you. <laughs> Guys, what I, what I want to do tonight is to just release just the spirit of forgiveness. No offense. No offense. But <laughs> no offense. Let's not carry grudges. Let's not carry that demonic stuff. <laughs> Let's not live in the plan of the enemy. Let's live in the freedom of Jesus. Let's not carry those traps, snares, landmines in our relationships, marriage, family, church, jobs, society, politics, war. All of that is a result of things like the offense. So I want to release a spirit of forgiveness tonight. And if you, if you are in this place, I'm not going to like ask you to raise your hand or I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. But I want to challenge all of us tonight to deal with offense. And if, you're not if, you, are, if you don't have to deal with that, make a commitment tonight. I will live a relationally healthy life. Amen? All right. So just for a moment, let's close our eyes. Yes, Lord. And, <clears throat> and maybe you can raise your hands to Jesus as, as a sign of opening, <clears throat> releasing, letting go, letting go. And just say this with me. I'm going to lead you in just a prayer of confession, confession and um, prayer of forgiveness, forgiving. Basically a prayer of repentance over this. And just releasing the spirit of forgiveness in the room tonight. So you don't have to say it with full voice. But say this with, with a conviction in your heart. Dear Jesus, cleanse me from every offense. Help me to forgive. Just as you have forgiven me. Help me to love others. Just like you have loved me. And I renounce every offense in Jesus' name. I'm not going to harbor anger. I'm not going to harbor resentment. I renounce that in Jesus' name. Get rid of that in Jesus' name. And I receive the spirit of forgiveness tonight. I'm going to mend the net. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So maybe just spend a minute now just praying. And maybe God wants to show you a face or a name or a person where you need to mend your net. Where you need to mend your relationships. Maybe where you need to deal with the offense in your heart or maybe even verbally with the person. So just pray for that right now for a few seconds. Just pray for that. Be specific if you can. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. And so, Jesus, in your name, I release now the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of unity and forgiveness, spirit of freedom. And I declare to the enemy that he has no right in this church and in our lives in Jesus' name. We declare the power of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for our own redemption, but also for our freedom from any offense in Jesus' name. And I declare right now in this place that this church belongs to Jesus and that we as the temple of the Holy Spirit, we belong to Him inside out in Jesus' name. And we declare He who whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Yes, he who, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we declare, I declare now in Jesus' name, freedom and liberty from offense, from unforgiveness in Jesus' name. Come on, can we just give Jesus some praise tonight, guys? Can we give Him some praise tonight? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.